the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. And on this morning, we find ourselves in uh, Matthew chapter 6. Familiar passage of scripture. Just want to read one verse here. uh, Verse 33. And the word of the Lord from Matthew 6, 33 reads, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Would you pray with me, Father? We uh, stand in need of you this morning and we are waiting on your presence to come that you might preach through these lips of clay. Words of life that might change someone's eternal destiny. Father, I pray that you would rescue someone from the destruction that is yet to come by saving their soul on this day. I pray, eternal God, that you would speak clearly to that one who's drifted in their fellowship. Uh, They know you, Lord. They've come into that relationship, but they've walked away. There's brokenness in the fellowship. And so I'm praying, God, today that you would restore the broken fellowship. Father, through those that might be sitting here in a sanctuary, those they may be viewing via live stream, YouTube, uh, Facebook, website, whatever means by which they may be tuning in, even through the radio broadcast. God, I'm praying that your word would speak to them in an extraordinary way, that you might lift up the heavy hearts and uh, encourage the broken spirit, that your will might be done in all that is done and all that is said, that you might give us direction for our lives. Spirit of the Lord, I stand in need of you uh, because I'm just a vessel, Lord, that you decide to use, and so I'm Standing in need of you today, God, use me according to your will. Accomplish and say what you desire to be said in Jesus' name. And when it is all done and said, we will give you all the glory, and all the honor, and all the praise. It's in Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen and amen. In our text this morning, we find ourselves in the midst of Jesus' sermon on the mount. It it runs through Matthew chapter 5 all the way through Matthew chapter 7. And here in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he's addressed a number of subject matters. Uh, He's talked about the the law and himself, how they compare to one another. He's talked about reconciliation, and that's a good subject matter. Adultery and divorce, prayer, and heavenly wealth. He's talked about a number of things, and in the middle of where we find ourselves in the text this morning, 
he turns a conversation, if you will, dealing with avoiding worry into a conversation on reprioritizing life. As we look into this text, we find that Jesus helps us to see something, and that is that poor prioritizing comes from a lack of faith in the fact that God can and will take care of you. Do I have a witness in the house that can testify that the Lord can and will take care of you? Jesus says uh, there are birds <laughs> that are flying about, and they don't sow, nor do they reap, but yet I take care of them. And how much more are you to me than they? I think I'm really talking to somebody this morning, and we need to be reminded that we're more valuable to God than the birds of the air. He wants us to understand that um, if we, when we arrange our priorities poorly, what happens is that we put ourselves first. Stay here with me. And we put ourselves first because we believe that God's not going to do it, so we have to do it. Y'all still here with me? And so since God's not doing it, and maybe God's not able to do it, we don't have faith enough to believe he will, so we put ourselves first. And so we engage in arranging our priorities so that we take care of self first. Can I talk to some parents this morning? We probably as parents have even told our children, you need to take care of yourself because ain't nobody going to take care of you. Stay here with me. Those that are honest this morning would say amen. And I, matter of fact, I'm not telling on my mom, but my mom and my, my, she used to tell me, you better learn how to cook for yourself. You don't know what kind of wife you're going to get. She might not be able to cook. Amen. I'm just telling the truth this morning. I know she's listening. She'll get me for that one later. But, uh, you know, we, we've engaged in, and we've, we've put that into even our children. And, and the ideology is take care of yourself because no one is going to take care of you. But Jesus, in the midst of this Sermon on the Mount, wants us to understand that he is more than capable of taking care of us. He can take care of us. He's proven it through his uh, taking care of everything around us that's less valuable than us. And so uh, we, in our priorities, we, we, we've um, set things such that we got to make sure I take care of me. And, and so we work towards that. And in our working towards that, we find ourselves doing crazy things. Now, it doesn't sound crazy when we were doing it, but now it's going to sound crazy this morning when I say it. Y'all still here with me? So, so we do stuff like this. We work um, on jobs, and we never take the vacation they give us. I know some of y'all say, no, I take all my vacation. <laughs> but there's some that, that, that you know, they, they, they're working, and they're, you know, stacking vacation hours, and they never take it. There are others who work and work, and they're not getting paid overtime, but they, they work overtime, and they give the extra time to the job. Amen. 
there are others who uh, pre-pandemic were driving and commuting two hours a day, sometimes more, four hours a day for some, two hours each way, putting 15 to 20 hours in just commuting. Now, think about that. That's a whole, nearly a whole day worth of just commuting. You work five days and you commute the sixth day. I told you it's going to sound crazy. You didn't think about it like that at first, but I'm just, see, we, we started thinking about stuff after we, we had time. We had a year to think about stuff while we, when we didn't have to get up and get in the car and drive the Beltway and fight people, go down the Metro and shift buses and all that. We didn't have, we had to do all that. So now we had time to think about that all that time. Every week I was giving away a day on the road. And now we start thinking about those things, but we were doing these things to take care of ourselves. Because God was in our mind, somewhere in our mind, he was not capable of taking care of us. And since it's Women's Day, can I talk to the women for just a moment? Um, and I do want everybody to understand, even though this is Women's Day and uh, we Addressing the women, this, this message really is impacting to everybody. Um, but for women, your priority <laughs> pre-pandemic had something to do with your clothes. Amen, somebody. You know that was high on your list. What I'm aware this morning. Matter of fact, I even heard somebody say, I'm glad that I don't have to go to work now because I don't have to spend an hour trying to figure out what I'm going to wear. Your priority was on your hair and your shoes. You know, you had to have the shoes to match the shirt. And the, you know, everything had to be right. And you had to go to the hairdresser and sit there and let her burn you and fry you and twist you and turn you flip you and flap you and all that. You had to do all that. You had to go through all that stuff, getting your fingernails right and your toes right. All that. that those are priorities. I'm really, I'm really meddling right now. I'm just meddling. Okay, I'm meddling. Um, but those were priorities pre-pandemic. Now, during the pandemic, folk wasn't doing none of that. Hair just went wild. Fingernails were broken off. Toes didn't even see no color. It's, Grew all that stuff off. It wasn't priority. And you didn't miss it. I'm trying to help us to see that God has shaken things up a little bit. To help us focus on reprioritizing our lives. Hmm. Our priorities have led us to meaningless empty pursuits with, how do I say, fruitless and uh, non-gratifying results that brought frustration and depression and pain and anxiety. Because we had as a priority to take care of ourselves. I'll do it. And I got to do this for me. Now, I was reading a CBS uh, report that was uh, published in February of this year. And the CBS report said that in the pandemic or during the pandemic, uh, nearly three million women left the workforce. Nearly three million 
left the workforce, many of whom will not return. You know why? Because they figured out my priorities were messed up. I didn't really need to be doing what I was doing. Some folk don't even want to go back to work no more. They not, I'm not driving the Beltway no more. I'm not doing that Metro thing no more. If they can't let me work from home, I don't want to work. Priorities have shifted. They're changing. Uh, many people retired. They said, you know what? What have I been doing? I, I, matter of fact, can I just, I'm meddling just a little bit more. I'm going to get into the text in a minute. But I'm meddling a little bit more because some folk, you could have been retired. You was holding up a spot for the young folks. And when the pandemic hit, and now they say, time to go back, oh, I'm, I'm out of here, I'm retired. So a lot of folks checked out during the time, and they realized, you know what, I'm not going back to the rat race, chasing after that which does not really bring satisfaction in the first place. I'm not going back to try to do it for myself when God has already done more than enough for me. So I want to suggest on this morning that we are standing on the cusp, the brink of decision-making time. It's time to reprioritize your life. It's, it's time. It really is. Uh, and so on this morning, this uh, Women's Day morning, I want to talk to you from the subject matter, reprioritizing your life, a Women's Day message, reprioritizing your life, a Women's Day message. Now, in the text, as we read here in Matthew, I already let you know we were in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. He's already he's laying out this whole idea of the values of heavenly gifts and treasures. And then he comes back and he talks about how those who are of Gentiles, and when the text talks about Gentiles, he's talking about heathens, those who don't believe in God, how they seek after all these things. And they pray and ask God all these things. And then Jesus says, but I already know God, the Father already knows what you need. And he says the, the priority is, is, is messed up. And so he says in order to reprioritize your life, he says, first of all, you need to uh, reprioritize the pursuit. It's right here in the text. It says, seek ye first. Y'all see that? Seek ye first is, is where I want to focus. And it's coming, he's coming to the, uh, the kingdom of God. But he says, seek ye first. In other words, let your pursuit, your pursuit needs to have priority. In other words, you, you got to make sure that the pursuit is a priority because some people aren't pursuing anything. Lord, help us here. they just existing. But the pursuit has to have uh, intentionality. And so he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. So Jesus says, right, look, re- if you're going to reprioritize your life, you first need to prioritize your pursuit because you've been seeking after food and clothes and, and things of the world. But uh, he says, look, that is, it's, it's out of order. And he says, what you really need to do is in order to get your life reprioritized, you've got to prioritize the pursuit. You've got to 
make the pursuit of the kingdom first. You've got to, the Lord help us here. What, what is it that you're pursuing? What, what, what's on the vocabulary? What's on the list of the things that you're pursuing? He, uh, is it food? Is it clothes? Is it, is, it, is it money? Is it men? Is it women? Is it power? Is it position? Is it fame? What is it that you've uh, established as your life pursuit? What are you after? What are you going after? What are you chasing after? He says you need to seek first, let the pursuit be prioritized, that the first thing of your pursuit is the kingdom of God. Let me say, can I, can I say this, that most often um, pursuits or rather are driven by passions, okay? So whatever we have passion for, that's what we pursue. And so, for example, if we have a passion for art, we will pursue art. Amen. If we have a, a, a passion for helping people, we will pursue helping people. If we've got a, a passion for education, we'll pursue education. If we've got a passion for men, we'll pursue men. If we've got a passion for women, we'll, we'll pursue women. Whatever it is that you have a passion for, that is what you typically pursue. Y'all still here with me? And so, um, one of the things that I, I, I'm, I'm realizing is that God is revealing uh, in the middle of all this chaotic stuff we've been going through, he's been revealing what people's true pursuits are. Because if your pursuits is in the right order, the thing that you will pursue first is what matters to God. But if God is not your passion, then you have no desire to pursue him. Now, if your if your passion was position, as long as you had position, you would pursue being in place. Lord, help me. I'm 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 still meddling. Um, If you had a position in the church and that was your passion, you would be in your position. But when there was no church, you wouldn't be in Christ. Because Christ wasn't your passion, it was the position that was the passion. All right, let me stop, Madeline. Um, but the, the key here is we've got to reprioritize the pursuit. And instead of letting the pursuit be driven by passion, let the pursuit be driven by purpose. And when I say purpose, I mean divine purpose. Let your pursuit be driven by divine purpose. Can I help somebody here? If you allow your pursuit to be driven by divine purpose, you'll stop chasing after stuff that doesn't matter. Say amen, somebody. If you allow divine purpose to be what you pursue, you'll always be satisfying to God. And what you do will matter. What you do will last because only what you do for Christ will last. And so the reprioritizing begins with reprioritizing our pursuit. But as he digs deeper in this text, he says, seek ye first a place. Y'all text say that? It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's a place. And so if we're going to allow our lives to be reprioritized, we've got to reprioritize the place of our pursuit. Now, (laughs) the kingdom of God is the place that we ought to be pursuing. That's the place we ought to be pursuing. Now, not things, not, not stuff, not 
not, not food, not clothes, not, not houses and cars and land. No, the pursuit ought to be a, a place called the kingdom of God. Now, now, we only have literally two, if I look eschatologically at the scripture, we only have two options of pursuit. You are either pursuing earth and earthly things or you're pursuing heaven and heavenly things. Y'all stay with me here. If you look earlier in the text, verse 19, Jesus says that your treasures are either those that you store up in heaven or those you store up on earth. And if you dig deeper into the Bible, you'll find that John in his first epistle says to us, love not the world nor the things that are in the world for the things in the world are passing away. But he says, rather our love, our passion, our pursuit ought to be for the things of God. I wish I had some folk that were pursuing God this morning. But what I I need you to understand is if we're going to reprioritize our lives, we've got to first reprioritize the pursuit, but you've also got to reprioritize the place that you're pursuing. Lord, help us here. And watch, so many of us are are wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in pursuing earthen things. Pastor, why is that? I'm glad you asked. The reason is because we are, we are uh, objects subject to, we are beings that are fractured in our, in our, our composition. Our, we, we, we're, we're in sin and we've got uh, vessels of clay that are subject to sin. And because they're subject to sin, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye, the pride of life, is always driving us to look for stuff that we see on earth. And so we're always driven to not pursue a place called heaven, but we're driven to pursue the things that we see on earth. Y'all still here with me? Can I go on? on, I'm going to walk off on a tangent just for a little while. Um, The reality is that if we evaluate what we already have and what we're still pursuing, we've got already too much of it. Okay? Amen, Jesus. I'm just preaching to you, Jesus. The closets are already full. The, uh, Lord help us here. The storage unit is already full. We, we already got the garage full. The, the shed is full. We, we got two cars in the garage and three on the street. We already got too much, but yet we're still looking for more. We're still seeking out what else does the world have to offer? How much else can I get? We already got the 401k. We already got the insurance policy. We already got an investment plan, and yet we're still looking for more. We've got a million, and we're still looking for more. We've got a hundred, and we're still looking for more. We, we never stop seeking out what else can the world give me. I've already got a wife, and you're looking for another. You already got a husband. You're looking for another. You're not satisfied with the boyfriend you got, the girlfriend you got. You got three kids, and you say, Lord, how come you ain't give me four? We ain't never satisfied. We're all always looking for some more of stuff that the world has to offer. You've got diamonds on four fingers and you're trying to figure out how can I get one that'll fit on the fifth finger. You've got shoes and neckties. You've got everything and you're still looking for more. You're still looking. What is, what's going to be on sale? Can I get it on Amazon? What's the price range? Can I get some more of that stuff? And Amazon truck is stopping at your house every day. They know you by heart and you, matter of fact, you give him lunch when he come by. Y'all sit down and suck together. I mean, UPS man knows you, the mailman knows you, everybody, because you're ordering everything, and we never get enough of this stuff. What else can the world give me? 
No, if we've got to reprioritize our lives, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.